0: Church needs more power and less words. We've all gotten so good at PR. <laughs> We're professional PR firms. It's time for us to, to let's just do and let the PR take care of itself. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Hmm. I mean, you know why they call them Christians, right? Because they, they were acting like little Christs. So they're like, they're Christians. They're miniature Jesuses. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a secular name given to godly people because of their behavior. Not because of what they were saying. That's just good. That's a good thought. I don't know. I think it's a good thought. That's good, Jared. Good, good preaching. Yeah. Yeah, good. I don't ever do that. I just felt like doing that right there. Well, we are, we are shifting things. Have me feel the shift going on. Shift happens. Ha ha ha. I always wanted to say that. <laughs> just say that. It's just fun. Shift happens. Get that F in there, though. That's right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Y'all are like out of it today. Like, I, w- I would love to just have everyone come stand here just for a second and see what we're looking at right now. I'm going to use my old dad joke. Are you happy? Everybody happy? Alert your face. (laughs) Alert your face that you are happy. They missed the memo somewhere. Spam blocker got the email and you missed it. Lord Jesus, why don't you all pray this with me? Dear God, I ask you to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. Amen. So there are a lot of really cool things going on that uh, I'm casting vision today, um, and then I have a, a message real quick. But we want to tighten things up the way we do things around here. We want to be excellent. How I many want to be excellent? Right. So you're feeling uh, some adjustments today. I know that that's part of what's going on. We actually started on time today. That never. That has never happened in the history of the Bridge Church. <laughs> The people that don't like to start on time, are not clapping, which is most of the people in the, I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all lighten up, lighten up, lighten up. It's okay. But uh, we know that this shoebox just is not going to stay just these few people in here. And we know we have a lot of people out. And if everyone that was part of our church were here today, these seats would be full. And you've seen them. You know, you know. Every week, if we all sh- it would be full, and then what would we do? We don't have any more chairs. We can't so what do we have to do? Just tell people no. So there are things we're going to have to do in the future, and we have to get better at time management. We have to get better at everything that we do. So uh, we're tightening things up. So on that note, starting October, the first Sunday in October, um, whatever that date is, the sixth or the sixth, we will move our services back to 10:30. So we will be starting at 10:30. And we'll go to about 12 instead of 11 till 1 or 1.30 or whenever we get done right now. So everybody, 10.30 starting in October on Sundays. And then in the future when we add another service, it'll be an early morning service. So we're just preparing for that. We're getting um, our ducks in a row. We know that it's going to happen sooner than later. Amen. And so there are a lot of things that we're, we're planning for. One of the other major things that's coming up in October is the first Wednesday night, which is the second we're starting what we're, this is like the beginning of something that's going to be a very large thing later. So what did he say? Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Yep. So what we're doing is we're measuring out right now who we want to be, and we're not despising the small beginnings. And uh, so on Wednesday nights from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, every Wednesday, we're going to have what we're going to call the School of Transformation. And the reason we're doing this is there will be, there will be four, three classes this first time offered. One will be the Family Life Program. If you have a family or are part of a family or are a human being, this is for you. <laughs> All right? I mean, if you're a human, you're part of a family. And this is Matt and Belinda teach the Family Life Program on Wednesday nights. It's, it's as a life group, but they have a whole curriculum that they go through that's for families. It's for human beings, right? Yeah. Go humans. Anyone watch, anyone watch that show on a... T V. That's so awesome. Community. Anybody? Any community fans out here? The human beings and that they're mascot. Pretty funny. We'll stop there. <laughs> so this is for you, Family Life Program. Then we have two other things that will be offered. One one we're calling prosperous relationships. And it's gonna be all about how to be a better human in relationship with other humans. Yeah, yeah. Alright? man, mean you guys I'm going to ring a bell or something. That's that's the other. And then the third class that will be offered is called Fire Starters. Oh, y'all like, there we go. I should have said that. I should have started with Fire Starters. We've got a bunch of arsonists in here. Jesus, help us. (laughs) Fire Starters. that's That's literally what it is. We are not doing the School of Transformation so that you can become a more educated believer. This is not Sunday school. This is not discipleship programs for church people. This is a school to train you to transform. Yes. Because transformed people transform cities. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And so we're only going to offer classes, and they're electives. You get to choose what you go to if you come, to come on the, that night. We're only going to offer things that are, that are for transforming the city, transforming your community. That's, that's all it's for. Transforming your family. You know our vision. It's on the website, but it's we want to host God in our homes, our church, our community, and on the earth. And so that's what that's what School of Transformation is going to be all about. There'll be other things that we'll teach supernatural ways of royalty. Will be one of the things that we do next next quarter. So every quarter it will shift. The classes will shift. You can re-sign up. This is not coming here a lesson on how to be a better human being. This is not self-help. This is impartation, this is revelation, and this is releasing you into it. So everybody good? So there are sign-up sheets, I think they're back on that table right there, and uh, if you are interested in that, sign up, and we're ready for it. Yeah? Uh, That's good. We're speaking a language probably somewhere else in the world. That was tongues, we were talking back and forth, you just didn't know it. oh y'all are, y'all are really, this is really this is the strangest crowd like <laughs> atmosphere <sighs> not yeah, you're all very strange. you're weird people it, it's, we know it it's okay. I want to read this really cool test one uh, a cool testimony. This is um in Guatemala, okay How many like Guatemala? say that it just it sounds Guatemala Yeah, yeah, it sounds like guacamole <laughs> Well, this, about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, Guatemala had their first national prayer breakfast, which is awesome in itself. National prayer breakfast in Guatemala. Now listen to this. And their nation's president, his name is Otto Perez Molina, he stood up and he made an amazing declaration. And this is what he said to open up the first prayer breakfast for the nation of Guatemala. Today, we name... Christ as Lord of Guatemala. (laughs) Now, that's unbelievable, right? That's just, the president is declaring over his nation. Nothing happens in the kingdom without a declaration. So he just put a big bullseye on Guatemala. And then he goes on and he says, and we declare in his name that each of our generations will be generations that will live in a prosperous Guatemala. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It says that, according to the, uh, the news outlet, um, I won't even attempt to show you how wide I am and read that name. Uh, a <laughs> That's de- I got the other part decent.net was awesome. I got that spot on. <laughs> It says, the prayer breakfast was comprised of leaders from various backgrounds, from indigenous and governmental people, who prayed together for peace and for God's favor in Guatemala. Wow. Robert Aderholt and Randy Holtgren from America were also their congressmen. They were in attendance. Wow. Just pretty cool stuff going on um, around the whole world. You know, we don't just live in, you know, Arlington's not the whole world, right? No. Texas I know Texas is awesome, and it's bigger than it used to be, like the song says. Texas is bigger than it used to be. I don't know if y'all remember. It's an old country song. I don't know how old it is, but we think Texas is the whole world, and there's a whole world out there. So, good stuff. It is. Um, we are our own country. Yeah. I love when we go to conferences, and I watch conferences at Bethel, and they're asking, what countries do people travel from? And you're, Switzerland, Cambodia, Ireland, Texas, and they just keep up every time. It's a joke now, because we do feel like we're our own country, and we should be, we should be. Yeah. There are good things going on around the whole world, and what, we do, what we're doing here is part of a big puzzle, and we just want to do our part well. I don't, I don't have to stand before God and answer for what other people did or didn't do or what this city or that city did or didn't do. I will only stand before him, and you will only stand before him and give credit for what did you do with your life. And did you do everything he asked you to do? Did you steward it well so that he can say, well done, good and faithful, sir? Yeah. So there's good stuff going on. I, I do want to pray for the thing going on in Syria. If you don't know what's going on, we're, we're being, I think we're being manipulated into war again. That's my personal opinion. I think that um, if you really want to know what I think, I think we should get out of a lot of wars um, and take care of home a little bit more. That's just personally how I feel. Um, I do understand that America does play a role in the whole world of keeping peace and prosperity. America feeds Countless millions of children and orphans around the world, whole villages. We, we drop food into these villages every week. America does amazing things, but America does some dumb things too. And so uh, we don't want to do the wrong thing in Syria. There's a lot of biblical um, prophecy concerning Syria that I don't know if we want to get involved in that yet. <laughs> you know, I'd like a little more time. There's not enough people in the kingdom yet. So, would you just pray for Syria and for all the Christians around the world that are being persecuted? And, uh, yeah. Lord, we just come to you right now. And you're the, you're the desire of the nations. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And right now, God, we release your presence into Syria and into all the other Middle Eastern countries that are in turmoil right now. And we ask that you would bring peace, God. I ask that you would protect the Christians in Egypt, the Coptic Christians in Egypt that are being killed or the churches are being burned, God. God, we ask that you would be with them now in this whole struggle that's taking place in an ancient struggle between good and evil. God, we ask that you would be with us. Help our our, our president and our, our Congress and senators and all those involved to make good decisions that are for the benefit of America but are also on the right side of justice, God. Help us not to be on the wrong side of things any longer or in any way, God. I ask that you would just bless the Um, (laughs) decision-making. I ask right now, God, that in Syria you would raise up godly leaders, people that would stand up. I ask that you raise up Daniels. I ask that you raise up Daniels in the middle of Syria and in Egypt that would rise up and bring a blessing to the nations, God. And we declare that the whole world will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the seas, God. In Jesus' name, Amen. You guys good? All right, I want to hit something really quick, so if you want to open if you want to open your Bible to Proverbs 29 verse 18, that'll be the main uh, reference that we, we speak about today. Um, we'll also be talking about how in Ephesians and there are other places, it says that we're one body and we're many parts. I mean, have you ever heard that before? That, that the eye can't look at the, the foot and say, oh, I don't need the foot because I'm an eye and I only like to see, and the foot is there and just likes to walk around and stink, so I don't need him. We can't do that in the body. We need everybody. And not only that, we're fitly joined together, that we're all of our unique qualities and giftings and personalities and all those things, they're awesome by themselves, but they're only effective when they're connected to the body. You guys Good. I mean, the the giftings and the things that you have, and, and, you know, the gift of prophecy and tongues and working of miracles and signs and wonders and and apostles, prophets, evangelists, all the giftings that are given to us, they're great, but they're not worth anything if they're not connected to community. They were all made for you and for each other. You guys okay? Community, it's a big deal. It's all about a family, all right? And um, today I want to talk about the supernatural strength of community. It's a big deal for us, all right? There are three key components that community fosters. Three things that, that just being connected, rightly connected in community, these three things will be stirred up and nourished inside of us. The first one is hope. Everyone say hope. The second one is vision. Everyone say vision. vision. And the third one is accountability. Say accountability. accountability. All right. Hope, vision, and our abilities die in isolation. Hope, vision, and our abilities will die in isolation. How many of you ever have, have ever just pulled off by yourself? And how long did it take before you were discouraged and felt alone and the whole world, everybody hates you, you're going to go eat worms kind of stuff, right? Just from being by yourself. It's like people that go into solitary confinement or people that are, are hidden off from people. There's just something that happens when you are, with, when you are removed from the family connection it's in our nature. We need each other. Why don't you look at someone close to you and say, I, I need you. It's I need you. It's absolutely true. You know Everyone here, you're amazing. You're gifted. Absolutely. And you're awesome, and it's okay. Right? You can say that, I'm awesome and it's okay. But if you're by yourself, you're not that awesome. Wine is found in the cluster of grapes, not in one grape. So, I mean, if one grape gets squeezed, there's not a whole lot there. It's just true. I just picture the whole, the old I Love Lucy episode. Maybe Tilly knows what I'm talking about. When she's in the big bucket barrel thing and she's stumping on all the grapes and stuff. That's, that's the cluster. Wine is found in the cluster there. It's not found in the single grape. The, the tendency to what all of us do, if we, don't, if we don't have that healthy, prosperous relationships, shameless plug for School of Transformation <laughs> class, Prosperous relationships. If we don't have healthy relationships, we tend to pull to ourselves, and the worst thing that you can do is pull to yourself. I've, again, I've been in church my whole life, and the, the, the number one warning sign for when you know someone's really having a hard time is they pull away. They can seem fine; they can, they can, everything's good, but they pull away from their connections. And the instant we pull away from our connections, we are literally cutting ourselves off from life. And it's just simply by, I'm trying to withdraw and protect myself. Yeah. You can't protect yourself. Come on. Yeah. Did you know that? Like, even as big and bad as you are, you can't protect yourself. <laughs> you are not equipped to protect yourself. That's why the Lord, one of His names, is our defender, yes. our protector, right. our shield and great reward. You guys all right? So anytime we pull off into isolation, we will die. All right, let's talk about hope for a minute. The three things that are stirred up in community. Hope. We have to have this definition of hope. It is the anticipation of good. Hope is the anticipation of good. Everybody there? It means that I believe that God is in a good mood. And that he wants to do good things for me. Amen. All right. Hope is attached to our belief systems. It will affect our emotions. Hopelessness is rooted in disappointment. It's based on a lie. Our hope levels are determined by whether we believe in the lies or truth. We heard this uh, for our LDP, LDP class, leadership development training class. <clears throat> and in there, they did a, there was a scientific study they did on the human brain, where if the brain does not think that there's a solution, the brain will not look for a solution. It's just, it's the way we were built. Like, if a brain is, 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 has be- the belief that there is no solution, it won't even look for one. And that's the, that's the opposite of hope. Disappointment says there's no way out of this. There's no, there's no end to this. It's just going to be this way forever. But, and hope doesn't just find one solution. Hope finds countless solutions. Hope can look at this little chair and it can become a solution. Hope can look at a little crack in, in the door and this is a solution. It's just in perspective. It's in belief systems. You see, when we pull ourselves into isolation and all we hear are our own thoughts then hope is not stirred up in that place. How many have tried to stir yourself into hope all by yourself? It's, you can do it, but you can't do it for very long. You can do it in seasons, but it is impossible to encourage yourself without the connection to the body for a length of time, for a period. It is not a lifestyle. It's something you can do, but it is not a lifestyle. Hope has to be stirred up in the counsel of other people and other believers, people that are on your team cheering you on. They're stirring you and, and spurring you into hope, right? It's impossible to be, to be connected to his body and be hopeless. It's impossible to be grafted to the vine and be filled with despair. It's just not possible. You guys okay? Those who have the most hope have the most influence. How many like to be around people that are hopeless? God. They just open their mouth and you just want to just walk away. I don't know. Say something to them. Slap them. Just get away. Just, they they drain you. Can't stand hopeless people. No offense. (laughs) No offense. We're supposed to be filled with the hope. He's the hope of the nations. He's the hope of the earth. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what. this is not just about your personal relationship with God only. This is about your personal relationship connected to a community of other people. And the, 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 the synergy that comes from all these, these, this history with God builds a hope and builds a confidence inside of us. So if you're not connected in a community, you can't have hope. Not for very long. You guys all right? In Proverbs 29, verse 18. So the second one is vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Alright? Say that with me. Where there is no vision, the people perish. <clears throat> see, hope teaches us how to see. If I'm in isolation and hopelessness comes over me, I don't see very well. But when I connect myself to to God, when I connect myself to the people of God, then hope begins to be stirred up inside. It just happens. There's not even anything you really have to do. It just happens when you're with his people. I know I can tell you right now that when you're around people that are connected to God and connected to his people, hope is just part of the relationship. It's just there. So get around people that are filled with hope. So then what will happen is that as that hope is stirred up, then you begin to have vision. You begin to see things that you didn't see before. Hopelessness, you don't see a way out. Hopelessness, you only see the negative. But when you're filled with hope, all of a sudden your vision is turned to something better. And you see options, you see answers, you see solutions, right? You guys all right? There are two parts to your identity. There's one part which is called your persona. This is how you're known in heaven. And then there's your other part, it's your personality, it's how you're known on earth. Your persona is who God created us to be in the secret place. Your personality is is who we are when we're born and the decisions that we make in life where when when we walk into a room, people know us by our personality because they know who we are on the earth. You guys all right? All right. But our personality or our earthly experiences can either lead us toward God's vision or away from his vision for our lives. Here's the deal, all right? When we're filled with hope and we begin to have vision for our lives, all of a sudden, I don't want to just be who I am here on the earth. I want to be who he says I am in heaven. It gives me eyes to look into a different perspective and I begin to see myself in a way that he sees me and it begins to cause me to look up. There's just something special just about looking up. And all of a sudden, I love what he said, the goat has left my house. Say it with me, the goat has left my house. I've been thinking about that all week. I told him, I appreciate him doing that because we needed a a tagline for everyone to remember that. It was perfect. The goat is. what happened when he did that? He says, your personality was you did this, this, and this. But your persona, who God sees you are in heaven, is this, you're free. You're clear. Your sins have been forgiven. The goat has left your house. You're a new creation. And what that did last week was it caused us to look up. And it created hope. Hope and vision go together. 2 Corinthians 5 says, From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And all this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. You have a completely new identity. Amen? Amen. Yes. Ephesians 5, 8-10 tells us that we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. Say so live as children of the light. See, so when we get in community, hope becomes stirred up, and then we all of a sudden we begin to have vision. Alright? I wanted to hit those two things before I get to the final one on accountability. Usually when we hear accountability, we kind of get a little nervous. Because accountability in the past meant someone in power was confronting me because I'm doing something wrong and they're trying to make me do the right thing. And so we thought that's what accountability was. But that's not really what it is. Accountability means we give an account for our abilities. Why do you say it? Give account for our abilities. Say it. We give an account for our abilities. See, we're in a culture of honor here. And what happens in a culture of honor is we ask God to help us to see one another in the community as he sees them in heaven. We ask God to take us beyond personality into persona. To where we see them according to the way He sees it. And then we begin to treat people according to who He says that they are. And that's called the culture of honor. We look into what's inside of them, the greatness that He sees. And instead of talking about the things that are not fun, or are not yet pretty, we talk about what is beautiful. And we pull it to the surface. And the more we talk about it, the more we believe it about each other. And then what happens is, I... Mandy has really taught me a lot about this. She knows there are things about me, there are gifts, there are things that, that, that are inside of me, and she calls me into accountability a lot to give an account for my abilities. I can't just get by with doing this if I have this ability in my life. See, confrontation and accountability in a community of kingdom believers, people that really love God and love one another, is not about calling out the ugly things inside of people. That's not accountability. That's called judgment. That's called condemnation. That's called arrogance. It really is arrogant. It's very arrogant for me to look at someone else's mess and think that I can tell them how to clean it up. I wasn't equipped to clean up their mess. But boy, I was very equipped to clean up my own messes. And we get this accountability thing just mixed up. We used to think that accountability meant people in authority made people that were not in authority accountable to them. And whatever their vision was, whatever their purpose was, then we had to act in, in a way that, that pleased them or we would be called into confrontation. Accountability has zero benefit to the person in authority. accountability is for my benefit right. accountability is submission it is me telling someone else I want you to hold me accountable for my abilities I want you to remind me of who my persona is so that anytime that I act in a way that doesn't match up with who God says I am you can say hey you're at, you're acting outside of your identity you're, you're better than that. It's not a, you're stupid, you're foolish, you're screwing up. I knew you would do this. You always go through this cycle. That's not accountability. Accountability is saying, you're better than this. Accountability looks even into our very future and says, I see who God says that you are and who you're becoming, and I only want to speak to those purposes. What's going on right now is not feeling, is not fulfilling who you're supposed to be. So cut it out. What you, what, what you just did there is not beneficial to your persona. So just trim the fat. It's me going to Manny and say, Babe, if there's anything that I do that is not beneficial to who God says I am, I want you to call me on it. Because I don't want to be my personality. I want to be my persona. Yeah. 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 That can't happen outside of community. That can't happen if you're all by yourself. Because right. when you're by yourself... What we tend to do when we pull away from community is we will only have a few people around us that tell us what we want to hear. And any time anyone says anything that's just not babying us or, or um, massaging our isolation, we get offended and we feel like they're trying to control us. No, we're, no they're not. No, we're not. Not at all. You are in control of you. I'm in control of me. But in this community, I see you the way God sees you. You see me the way God sees me. We have to hold each other accountable to that or we'll never become fully on earth who He sees us in heaven. There has to be accountability. It is not fun being held accountable. Now, when I said that, you, you still probably heard It's not fun being called into the principal's office and told what you're doing wrong. That's not accountability. Accountability is me saying, I give you permission to speak into my life. I'll tell you this right now. I'm very careful who I talk to about them. Because I don't want to offend people. But anyone who gives me permission, I'll speak. I'll speak into their life. And I give them the same permission to speak into my life. But I will not go around, and, and this, this is the culture of what we're building here. We will not go around to people that are not in community and, and, and do what I'm talking about here. Because it will just piss people off. And we will not be fun to be with. Am I telling the truth? Just <laughs> Sorry if I offended you. That's the only that's the best way I can say it. That's what happens. We get offended because we're in isolation and we want someone to pull us out of our isolation. And the only way that we know that is to comfort us. We don't need to be comforted all the time. Man, we don't need to be mama's voice and comforted all the time. There's nothing, to be honest though, there's nothing more comforting than someone saying, hey, you're better than that. You know why? Because they're communicating to me that they really see value in me. When someone, when someone does what I ask them to do and say, hey, hold me accountable for my abilities, hold me, take me, uh, and help me to take account my abilities. When we do that and they do it, they're saying, I see you the same way you see you. I see you. The same way you're trying to trying to be on the earth. I see what you see, and I value that. So absolutely I'll help you out. Absolutely, I'll be on your team. See what happens is, and this finished, let's read that scripture, Proverbs 29, 18 again, and there's a different translation, and this is what it says. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraints. In other words, they run with no lanes. They see no value for, for discipline. We see no value for lanes. We see no value for accountability because we just want to do whatever we want to do. If there is no vision, there's no need for accountability. There will be no vision without hope, and without vision, there's no need for accountability. You guys still okay? <clears throat> accountability, let's, I'm going to just hit these and we'll close it out. It is not external governing or control. It is an extension of self control. Yeah. Accountability is embracing restraints that cause me to run faster and jump higher. When I was about 20. Five or 26 before I really just got my head on straight. Happens a little later for some of us, right? <laughs> I was a late bloomer. <sighs> Not that I have bloomed yet, but <laughs> at least I'm on the path, right? Someone, I, I heard Dr. Laura say this, which is crazy. Dr. Laura Schlesinger, I used to listen to her every day. I don't know what my problem was. <sighs> yeah, I said it funny. Y'all like, just shut up. <laughs> And she said, some horses run better with bridles. And boom, it hit me so hard. Because I was of the mindset, dude, I just need to run free. I need to be able to run wherever I want to go, wherever I want to. I want to run as fast as I can. I want to just run, 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 run. I was like, the, you know, just here and there everywhere in my, in my own life, in my spiritual life. I was over here, and then I was over there, and then I was darting back and forth. And I did not have um, a lot of people that would be the hey, you need to have some restraints in your life. We don't want to slow you down. We just want to point you in a good direction. The bridle doesn't slow the horse down. A horse with a bridle versus a horse without a bridle, they can run the same speed. So let's let's solve that. Let's fix that right now. As a young person, I thought, if you put restraints on me, you're just trying to slow me down. No, they weren't. They were not trying to slow me down. They were trying to get me to a destination because it wasn't about how fast I could run. It wasn't about how high I could jump or all the things that I could be involved in. It was about accomplishing something. And if I didn't have vision for my life, if I didn't have restraints, then I would never accomplish anything. I would just do a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. I was just, I was schizophrenic. <laughs> and then I heard Dr. Laura say, some horses run better with bridles, and I've never forgotten that. And I was like, Lord, you're right. I have been a wild stallion, a wild horse that wanted to do whatever I wanted. I didn't want someone to tell me you you spoke too long. I didn't want someone to tell me you did that in the wrong time. I didn't want someone to tell me that I prophesied when I shouldn't have. I didn't want anyone to tell me anything because you're slowing me down. You're trying to hold me down. You're the man, and you're trying to slow me down. That's how I felt. (laughs) restraints, boundaries, lanes, they're not made to make you slow down. It's not a a parachute on your back. It's just direction. Discipline is direction. I have no doubt (laughs) that everyone in this room could do a million different things if you wanted to. But you don't need to do a million different things. You need to do what He wants you to do and that means there's going to have to be restraints sometimes. Yeah. That means that sometimes we're going to have to lay aside our freedom. What? Lay aside freedom? That's right. Freedom is not freedom if it, A, keeps me from my destination or, B, it infringes on somebody else's freedom. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. If you don't believe me, just read the Bible. Paul says, hey, if, you t- if it offends them, just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it when you're with them. Yeah. Right. No big deal, just a restraint. They may not have as much faith as you have, that's fine. You can be arrogant and believe that. <coughs> that i snuck that one in there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or they may have more faith than me. They just have it under restraint. They say, just don't infringe on other people. But for me to think that boundaries keep me from being free is ridiculous. Mighty rivers have boundaries. The ocean itself has boundaries. The ocean can do anything it wants to do except go past its boundary. God made it that way. Thank God for the boundaries in our plumbing systems. For all kinds of reasons. Yeah? I don't want those pipes getting mixed up. You know? The boundaries serve a purpose. Thank God for the boundaries in our physical bodies. There's an in place and an out place. Praise the Lord for all of that. Thanks for solving all that. When you fixed us in our womb, God. There were boundaries there. They weren't there to keep us from being superhuman. They're there so that we can function at our highest level of effective effectiveness. Amen? Yeah. Kind of makes me like, I need some more boundaries. Yeah. I, I think of the, the, the water hose, and you're out trying to water, and it's just coming out of those, the and then you put your finger on there, and you really create force, or you put a, a different end on it, and you can change the you know, I My brain's gone right now. I was thinking about some... I was thinking about food, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't lie. <laughs> You never know. I mean, it is 1230. It's proper for me to think about garlic bread or something. I can't help it. Olive Garden's my default food source. I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) The the body of Christ is not here. The boundaries that come with community in the body of Christ are not there to slow you down or to take away your freedom. They're there to add to it. That's right. that's good. Hebrews 10, verse 24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's community. Let us, that's, the def, that's really how you define community. Let us consider, let us think about, Let me literally be thoughtful and think of how I can help Jacob be more effective in his life toward love and good deeds. What can I do for Jacob to make him shine more? What can I do for Walter to prop him up a little bit and give him more ability to shine or strengthen him? What can I do to encourage Walter? How can I spur these people that I, let's look across the room, how can I spur you on to love and good deeds? All right, let's close it out. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron. If I was going to quote that, and and you've probably heard this before, we would tend to say, so one one man sharpens another man, or so one person or man or woman sharpens another. It's not what it says. It's very important we get this word, all right? Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. The countenance means face. It means that which is in front of someone. The, the iron sharpening iron is not just rubbing shoulders with one another. It's the intimacy of a close relationship. Intimacy into me you see. I see your face. You see my face. And my job is to sharpen your countenance. It's to strengthen your countenance. It's to point you towards hope. It's to strengthen the vision of your life. It's to hold you Uh, and and account for your abilities. Amen? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better, for a three-braided cord is not easily broken. We need community. I'm better with you. You're better with me. is that right? (laughs) So hope teaches us to see, vision shows us who we're supposed to be, and it causes us to be accountable for it. All three are anchors in a community, they're stirred up in community. Amen, why don't you stand, I want to pray into this. Why don't you join hands with someone? Just a sense of community. Yeah. And I I just want you to pray for them. Just pray your Christmas list of everything you would want from God. Pray it over them. I love that. I love praying like that. Just go. Ready? Go. Pray for your neighbor. Just bless them. God, I bless them with wisdom and understanding. I bless them with miracles and signs and wonders. I bless them in finances, God. I bless them in depth of relationships. I bless them in health and wholeness. Oh yeah, God, we release it over this place now. I bless them with depth of relationship, God. We bless them with hope, with vision, with accountability, God. Yeah. God, I pray you would cause us all here to think of how we can spur one another on toward love and toward good deeds. I ask that you would stir up a great community in this house where we're for each other. Because you're for us, God, then your people have to be for us. (laughs) If God is for us, who can be against us? If God's people are for us, who can be against us? God, you're on our team. There is such value in connecting to the body. You said in John 15, apart from you, I can do nothing. It also means apart from the body, I can do nothing, God. We need each other. It's a healthy thing, God. It's not, a, it's not an unhealthy need. It's a healthy need for one another. We're all powerful and strong, but we need each other, God. Father, I pray that you bless everyone here with eyes to see. Uh, why don't you pray this with me? God, I ask you to give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Dude, there's just something on that prayer right now. I encourage everyone today, every day this week, to pray that at least once over yourself. God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Why don't you pray it again? God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Eyes to see. Our Why don't you just come on? Just pray, seek Him, yeah. Eyes to see, ears to hear, God, yeah. Heaven is open as we are declaring. It. In our lives with all of the passion, come like you promised. Eyes to see, ears to hear. Yeah. eyes to see God ears to hear yes God oh. thank you Jesus amen what are you going to pray at least once every day eyes to see and ears to hear heart to receive yeah it all goes there I, I love it in Revelation, like seven times he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. <sighs> One more time. God, give me eyes to see and God ears to, ears eyes to, see. See. He to hear. Ah. Thank you. If you're here and your, your connection with God's, bro- I, would you just bow your head real quick? I do want to close like this. If your connection is broken with God, and you want to make sure everything's right, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Just say, hey, I want to make sure things are cool between God and I. I know He hasn't left. I'm just, I just want to make sure I'm connected to Him. Anyone at all? Thank you, God. All right. If you're here and you need healing for anything, if it, maybe it's relationships, physical body, whatever, we have a healing banner. If you do need salvation, salvation, connection with God, come to that banner if you need a miracle, we do believe in miracles here, absolutely. We believe that signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Yep. Like we don't have to make it happen, we just believe that it's part of the package deal. It's a, dude, being a believer is a great package that we get, right? We get all our sins are forgiven and never remembered against us again. They're actually like obsolete and deleted, like really deleted, not like internet deleted, but really gone. They're gone forever. Then, not only that, is we get to be called sons and daughters, which is just amazing. And we get the full benefit of a son or daughter. We get signs and wonders, miracles. We get to to hear what God is saying and speak for Him. It's just a good deal. And then, after all the fun we have on earth, we get to go to heaven and be with Him forever. It just sounds like a good deal to me, right? So, uh, if you need anything, uh, also the prophetic team will be ministering. If you need a prophetic word... Maybe you're having a hard time hearing God. I want to say this. It's easier to hear God than we think it is. I had this conversation with, with uh, Josiah. He's, he's, he's eight years old, my son. And um, in case you didn't know. Uh, and, and he was saying he doesn't hear God's voice. And I was like, I, I know you hear God's voice. So let's hear what you think that means. And so as we went through this, he started understanding that he was hearing God. It just was in different ways than what he thought. And so I just want you to know that you can hear from God, but if if you want a prophetic word today, we have a team, they're unbelievable, they're accurate, and they're for you. They won't like prophesy like, oh, you did this stupid thing. No, they will prophesy over your persona and call you into who you're supposed to be, right? And they're really creative, fun people, so have a prophetic word. And God, we just bless everyone here, and uh, we thank you for being here. Be blessed, and we'll see you around.